hello and welcome to Real History, the show where we discuss uh, films, fiction films that are about historical events, uh, or occasionally, every now and then we discuss a film that itself has become a piece of history, um, and we look at the relevant content, the historical elements, and decide uh, to what degree is this film actually a uh, useful or uh, interesting portrayal of the historical record. Uh, my name's Hugh David, I'm your co-host and co-presenter, and with me is... Jenna Pateman, hiya! Uh, hello, who is a uh, co-host, co-presenter, uh, co-producer, uh, all sorts of things. <laughs> many things. I have many thing- many feathers in my bonnet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is an appropriate comment for today. Today we are going to look at the 2015 British film Suffragette, which, to be fair, is uh, not something I... At the time, I remember thinking, crikey, they've only just done this. It's about time. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're not doing it just because it's March in 2020 and <laughs> therefore <laughs> Women's History Month, although that is also part of the reason we're doing it. It's an excuse. It's an excuse for to look at a movie I really wanted to watch because it looks so good, um, and now we've seen it, and I really, really like it. Um, it's also worth pointing out that it won seventeen awards and another had another fifteen nominations, so it was very well received at the time, mm-hmm. critically um, as well as financially. Uh, but um, yes, so just to give the audience a quick summary of what it's about, Suffragette the film. The summary on IMDb is a nineteen in nineteen twelve London, a young working mother is galvanised into radical political activism. Supporting the right for women to vote and is willing to meet violence with violence to achieve this end, which is a very short back of the DVD type explanation and misses all the nuance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, director Sarah Gavron, who has done a lot of female fronted films and centered films. Writer Abby Morgan, who four years before this did the uh, wrote the script for the biopic of Thatcher. The Unlady, but she's also these days probably best known for her TV shows, including The Hour, um, which about the about the uh, the early BBC newsroom, and Crikey, what was the other one I watched that she wrote that was really freaking good? She's mostly, I mean, she's done move a lot of movies, but she wrote Shame as well, um, okay. which also had Kerry Mulligan. But um, oh, that's it. The one that's currently on now is The Split, about divorce oh, right, lawyers. Yeah. That's from her. And then she, she did once. She did an excellent show for BBC that and Netflix called River, which I loved, but has never got a second season, which I think is a shame. So, uh, but also female producer. Um, and in addition to that, we have an incredible cast: Kerry Mulligan and Anne Marie Duff, Helena Bonham Carter, Meryl Streep, uh, Grace Starter, Amanda Lawrence. I mean, it's just you know. And then and and on the men's side, we've got um, uh, what do we call it? Jeff Bell, Ben Whishaw, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Um, oh, Romola Garay turns up as well at one point, doesn't she? And there's yes. Lorraine Stanley, and it's it's a terrific, terrific cast. I mean, it's, it's this is you know this is the cream of British talent at the time, you know, uh, and Meryl Streep as well. <laughs> All of the advertising, but it's basically a cameo. Yeah, exactly. But a, but a very very effective cameo. Take it away, Jenna. What <laughs> that I've said what the film's about. What do you think people need to know when they're watching the film from a historical point of view? Well, the first thing to know, I think, is not everything happened in the twentieth century, mm-hmm. which I think is a really important point to labour home because. <laughs> Um, women have always been involved with suffrage. Mm-hmm. Um, the 19, not 19, that's automatic. Yeah. 1832 <laughs> Reform Act, um, which 
I believe the Peterloo massacre was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, women were involved with suffrage right at the start of that. Basically, at one point, um, very few men actually had the vote. Um, it was mostly nobles and lords and upper class, and they would get it by inheritance, basically. Um that started to change in the 19th century where people started to campaign for the vote. Uh, the Reform Act in 1832 extended the rights to all adult men but who owned a certain amount of land to a certain value. Uh, so this actually meant only one in seven could get the actual vote. Um it was extended then to men in urban areas that met the property qualification as well uh, in 1867. And then uh, even more were brought in in 1884. Um, what we've got to remember with this is that it was mostly middle class that came in to be able to vote. Uh, mm-hmm. So that meant that um, the... The whole population was not represented. Uh, people still died for this. And also the represent- the reformer acts themselves were basically a way of going, hey, middle class people, if you stop protesting, we'll give you the vote and the lower class people don't need it. Because no, that, that, that goes against everything we believe in. No, kind of thing. Um, which is a way I like to explain Um from the representation of the People Act 1884, it then moved on to mostly women's suffrage, going, hey, that's not fair. Men, Most men have the vote. Why don't we have the vote? And I think in the film they bring up some very interesting points that you forget people actually thought. It was like the whole country would go to the dogs if women got the vote. Women were not intelligent enough for the vote. Women didn't work as hard as men, so didn't deserve the vote. And it's the propaganda against women for the vote. It's just ridiculous. It's amazing as well. Um, But yeah, it's... Suffrage has always been a long, long process. And we've got to remember that men and women died for it. And that's why it's so important to vote. So go vote. Always vote, yeah. Cool. On which note, I think we need to. No, no, it wasn't. That was an excellent summary. (laughs) I think what we need to do here is now connect that to the film because the film itself, I think, as you say, going into the film, you wouldn't realize the amount of work that that had been gone into suffrage in a class sense, before the film. Yeah. The film itself is acutely aware of the moment it is set. So the early part of the 20th century, pre-World War One, Edwardian era. It is acutely aware of the struggle for suffrage for women. As you say, there is little commentary on how long it took for certain men in society to get theirs. Um, it is also interesting that this is a time of 
radical politics and the birth of the labor movement. Yes. And while we are aware that some of this is happening, again, that is not overtly visible in the film. The film itself is mostly specifically about how women who are stuck in difficult working conditions are becoming part of a larger movement. Mm. There's little commentary on the need for unionization. The, 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 you see how bad the working conditions are. You see how awful they are for everyone involved. But you don't see that there are people trying to change that as well as part of this process at this time. Mm. Which, and I can understand the streamlining. You want a, a film called Suffragette should be about suffragettes. <laughs> Yeah, but, hope so anyway. <laughs> right, but at the same time, the, the for for the women involved, particularly the working class women, like the fictional character played by Carrie Mulligan as the lead character, the class was just as important. Yes, you know, gender was only part of the equation. Class was also massively important. You know, the film gives you a sense early on of the distinctions between the middle and upper middle class women and the lower class women, but not the degree of um, conflict there was between those groups. Yeah. You know, the fact that some of the women of Kerry Mulligan's level uh, and Anne-Marie Duff's character as well, you know, they're, 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 they would often be insulted and put down by women who were middle class and upper class. And that actually that was a bit of a struggle for them to become involved with the suffrage movement because of that, you know, in this version, in this version of events, it, they are sisterhood happens quite quickly. Yeah, and I don't say that. I don't mean that in a negative sense. You know, it, I'm just saying that I think this is one of those classic examples of needing to uh, compress and speed things up in a film because the film is only two hours. If you had a TV show, this would be you had you, you maybe you'd have room. Yeah. To do all of this, but I think it's a shame that. It's not acknowledged. I think it's a shame that there are almost no sympathetic... There's no men sympathetic to the cause given the need for male suffrage you a very short time earlier. The, um, pharmacist. Oh, yes. Helen and Bottom Carter's character's husband. Yeah. He's as close as you get. Yeah, he is That's the true. only one. Um, but there were a lot more men involved, which... I understand from the point of view of they wanted this... A very very female heavy film which it is and it's wonderful to see yes yes but they didn't want to have too many men as part of the movement even though men were a big part of it so there were sympathetic voices everywhere I think the other thing it does is because because of that choice it means that we only get four at best Male characters who represent some very clear viewpoints. We have the 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 the, the, the evil and the horror of the factory owner. Yeah. We have who who also with you know he he's not just a capitalist of a particular stripe and era. It's also a, an early example of Me Too. Yeah. You know, uh, horrifically so. Um, then you get the husband. And you no, know, it's sympathetic to the cause, but when it starts affecting his life, that's when he's like, "No." Exactly. Then you get, um, and because he still traditionally sees the whole thing of "You're my wife, therefore you represent me," he doesn't see her as her. Yeah, he sees her as an adjunct. 
Yeah, exactly. And 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 so we get that. And then we get, as you said, the other the the the, the, the pharmacist husband. So we get a working class husband. We get a middle class husband who's more sympathetic and then we get the policeman who's not just a policeman tracking them he's not just special branch he's irish special branch <laughs> and i re- that that i'm glad they included because i thought it was really important that like 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 i i can't i i'm annoyed that they left out some of the class conflicts but i'm glad that they remi- remembered that the uh, that, that a huge amount of policing and um, and, and policing techniques at the time were coming out of Britain's need to deal with Irish revolutionaries. Yeah. Or as Brendan Gleeson's character calls them, the Fenians. Um, and, and I find it interesting that he's not painted simply in black and white. He's painted as a, a man doing a job that he believes in because of his personal connections back home, but who himself is changed by the process of what's going on. And he becomes very sympathetic. Until at the end, he effectively, and spoiler alert in these episodes, but we always do spoilers because we're talking about history as well as film. At the, at the, at the, at the climactic element of the film, in, um, when they recreate the famous moment in which... Um, uh, Emily Davison. Emily Davison stepped onto the race course... Um, during um, what's it called? The uh, the derby, and uh, is is killed by a horse and rider, uh, effectively sacrificing herself in front of news cameras to bring attention to the cause. Um, Mulligan's character, who's with her in this version of events, and Gleason's cop, who's tracking them, they see each other, they see the event, and they leave each other alone. He lets her go. Yeah. He makes no attempt to stop her because he himself, because he's also, he, this, this is his own prediction, his worst prediction coming true. Uh, slightly earlier in the film, he tells government and politicians, um, we can't create martyrs because he's seen what happens in, in Ireland when that happens. Yeah, um, it's been uh, too long since the shootings. The, uh, is, is it the Easter Uprising or is that during the First World War? That's during the First World War. Yeah. But there's more than enough um, bombings, shootings, attacks. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is this is the era of the birth of, you know, what will become later on the IRA. I mean, it, you know, it would be interesting for people. I mean, not that it's again, not that it's the best example of a history film, but but it, for people who know nothing about either subject, it would be interesting to watch Suffragette and then watch Michael Collins mm. and realise that these are slightly concurrent yeah. um, at a certain point in time. Anyway, the early part of the 20th century was such a big period of change. Um, yes. It wasn't just on voting rights, it was on independence, it was on race, it was on gender, it was on... If it Empire. Been, Empire, yeah. It, it, I think it's another reason that the First World War did happen, because... I think a lot of people were very confused about what was going on. So it's like, ah, panic, war. <laughs> <So>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think, but and, and I think that's actually something we can sympathise with at this stage. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of discussion. We've, we've talked before in these episodes and in general, people have been talking about how the 1930s, resembles our current phase but considering we're um uh, we're about to see what the 1918 flu was like <laughs> pandemic was like i 
I feel I feel sometimes I mean watching Suffragette felt very modern, very current. Yes. The mo- the movie uses uh, they they had a, they had more than one historical consultant on it. They used a remarkable amount of source material to base uh, costuming uh, uh, locations, uh, CG work that rebuilt the London of the time. Yeah. Um, uh, the, you know, the whole thing is, is very, very well pieced together as a historical film. Certainly, I would absolutely show clips of it in class, in a class to show the, 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 the period detail. You really do feel like you're there. Um, you know, it's like looking at some of the, the, the short documentary pieces that the BFI occasionally hold and release yeah. for the, and, and uh, it's almost like seeing those come to life in full color. And I think that's remarkable. Um, so that, that, that I think is a huge achievement of the film is to put you there. Which was an, uh, uh, something that they said the, the, in the extras, the, the the directors and producers are saying very clearly that's something we wanted to do. Uh, but in addition to that, some of the dresses and props, some of the costumes that were worn were actual costumes. Yeah, which is ha- amazing. Yeah, it's not often that you, you, you come across a historical film where they're wearing or using objects from the period, which is quite astonishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps add to the, to, to the, to the veracity of the, of, of the experience being portrayed and, and, and what we see in here. Um, I, I think, I think we've been rightly quite critical from the out, but actually there's so much that is really good and enjoyable about the film from a historian's point of view. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you, I, I, the, the sense of energy that comes with a young movement, political movement being birthed, and the way in which somebody becomes involved in that and becomes radicalised yeah. is quite, you know, seems very true to life. And because at the beginning she is very, no, I, I don't believe in this. It's well, not that I don't believe in it. It's more the fact of I don't see the point in getting involved. It's not my place. And just slowly seeing the evolution of her character to from that sort of beginning to then denying being a suffragette, kind of being... It's like how people treat the word feminism now. Yes. Um, <clears throat> they'd be like, oh no, I believe in the equality of the genders, but I'm not a feminist. And it's like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was treated, the, the word suffragette was treated like that. Interestingly enough, the word suffragette actually comes from uh, the Daily Mail. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it was meant as an insult. Really? Yeah, it was meant to be uh, like ladette. Ah. So. Mm. Interesting. Thank you, Daily Mail. <laughs> Uh, wow. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, my mind is ever so slightly blown. Did 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 you know what the Daily Mail did during World War One? By the way, in the early years before the before the word got back to the British population of what was happening, they they published a series of um of of, of uh, uh, Home Office approved images as postcards and they were saying buy all the issues of the Daily Mail collect all the postcards and it was shots like two 
German prisoners on the side of the road and the British army soldiers pushing them along, but that that's saying oh loads God. of prisoners captured, loads of prisoners, you know, like, like, look at the success of our boys, and it's like, two guys on the road, because of course there was no success, because it was so bad at the time, but they literally, quite literally, bought into the propaganda that was needed at the time, um... And, 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 and literally turned it into a cash opportunity. Buy more issues and buy more copy, copies of the pre- newspaper and you'll get the postcards. It's not like anything that happens nowadays at all. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised they're not selling, like, buy the Daily Mail and get some hand sanitizer, not for the oh, like, you, dirty, you... dirty paper that we sell, but. G- g- give, it, give, it, give, it a, give it a few more days. <laughs> So, really so dating this episode. Well, that's okay. We're historians. We're, everything gets dated for us somehow. <laughs> so I think coming back to Suffragette, um, I, I, several things I thought um, work really well, and and then as we've said earlier, there's things that they've streamlined to make a more effective um, feature-length movie experience, yeah, and. It, um, it kind of- like it's the suffragettes greatest hits yes yes that's a really good way of putting it you know we yeah, pankhurst pankhurst under guard uh riots attacks with police um prison sentences force feeding you know what i mean yeah well, i think you're absolutely right and and then and then we and then recreating emily davison's death i think yeah. <sighs> i find it slightly odd that they treat that as the climax of the film yeah, I can understand why, because it's like the high point, and it's something that you can sort of end on, but at the same time, it then goes, women got the vote in 1918, and it's like, but that was five years later. Yes, they re- <laughs> exactly, because they go from that to recreating one of the more, more famous marches, yeah. public marches, which is obviously based directly on the historical record you know you can see the footage of it um quite easily online uh so it fe- they they use the march as a kind of rec- kind of more uplifting ending you know after the 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 as you say the emotional high point and yet down and uh, you know, down emotional downswing of of the death, the sacrifice you then see what this allows which is the public statement and all the rest of it and and um and so I think it's kind of odd. I feel like they chose a slightly odd place to end it. Like you say, it's kind of, yeah, five years later. And because, of course, that means they have to skip the war. They have to skip the effect of the war. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that they had the room and time to do this in a feature film. But, again, this is where a TV show would be so much more interesting. Yeah. I would love to see what, take Kerry Mulligan's character into the war. Mm. Because there is an entire chapter of the suffragette movement that is very important which is to do with how they dealt with the nature of the war coming along yeah and what that meant for women because the first world war again is another big change and it meant that women had to work jobs that men were working and they proved themselves basically and at the end of the war, they're like, oh, I guess you can have the vote. Okay, sure. That's what it kind of feels like. Um, because that so many of the arguments against the vote were, 
women are not men. Women cannot do the same things as men. And when they stepped up during the First World War, suddenly they were proving, yes, we are as capable as men. Funny that, we're both human beings. Um, the only difference is some bits that we happen to have on our body. Mm, mm, mm. So, yeah, it's... Just hearing some of the reasons against voting is just always... It's kind of mind-boggling and just so backwards. But at the same time, you still hear that sort of rhetoric today, which is just alarming. Like, I've seen people in this era... um, I've not actually watched their own YouTube, but via Left Tube, seen people actually talking that men that women shouldn't have the vote. It should be one vote per household rather than one vote per person. That's insane. It is. Because you know who will take the vote if that's what happens. And uh, it may... I was just like, nope, nope, nope. It's just... uh, That's insane. Women have had too much power, don't you know? No, no. In my opinion, I think we should, women should get to rule for uh, quite a f- like a couple of hundred years. See if we do a better job. Frankly, yes. New Zealand is proof. Iceland is it? Iceland, New Zealand, Finland, Iceland are all places where that's proving being proven as happening that way. Yeah, just the B- Britain ruins it with R two. Well, let's not even go there. Um... <laughs> But but I think that's the other thing that's that that is um, <sighs> you know what I think there 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 is an element here where with Suffragette as a film where um, so we're talking you and I are talking about the things that it does and doesn't do and does do yeah. it do well and I, I I think one of the things that's really important is that people need to recognise that when the vote finally was achieved very few women themselves were voted into Parliament. The majority of women who got the vote at the time then proceeded to vote for men. Yes. Male politicians. And that's, it's important to recognize that having the vote doesn't mean that that's going to change the nature of the politicians voted in to begin with. And uh, and that's part. That's like a really important part of this. I, I I feel kind of like that's also something that because they just go and in five years we get the vote is left out. Yeah. Um, I, I I appreciate that they have a bigger concern as a film. I love the fact that in the end credits they show you every, when every country gets women's suffrage from then on. Yeah. Right up to the the twenty fifteen when it's released when there's a country that hasn't got it. You know. Very impressive. I get that that's the point. Um, and again, maybe we're talking about something that's beyond the scope of a feature length. Maybe, again, this is why you need to, a mini-series version. I don't know. You know, maybe the, maybe the complex, again, this comes back to something you and I are always talking about in these episodes, which is the complex, the relative complexity of history and reality versus the simplification of scriptwriters and directors and producers. Yeah, like, um, I feel like it doesn't explain why beginning, middle sort of period, uh, it, they're told by the government that they're going to get the vote. They're doing this, um, oh, what's the word for it? They're oh, the hearings, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 the when the they're interviewing. 
Yeah, when they're interviewing yeah. the women, various women, to find out what is the state of play and what would, you know, when Lloyd George says, what would you do with the vote? And she goes, I don't know, I never dreamed we'd get it. <laughs> yes, which is very truthful. And yeah, yeah. Um, the reason, One of the main reasons that they didn't get the vote at that period was the fact of Lloyd George and his government were terrified that they were going to vote in the Tories. Mm-hmm. And right. that is the main reason why they didn't get the vote, because they're like, well, that means we'll lose power. And even though a lot of the Liberals were for the vote, and it's like, yeah, just going against your morals just to keep power. Again, nothing we ever see. <laughs> but this is, the th- this is the thing, isn't it? The reality of, and, comple- and relative complexity of politics itself. Yeah. Um, you know, this this is again something that when you simplify things for to to a to 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 a film format, and you do this whole thing of oh look, there must be a single emotional through line for the audience to follow. Yes. <laughs> we then the, the, then you remove that possibility of seeing that complexity. Mm. Um, it's a shame because you could have actually that. What you just said could have been handled with a very short scene or a few lines of dialogue. It actually didn't need... You know, it could have been done in the length of the film we saw very quickly. I'm very surprised that it didn't, considering how much work the Houses of Parliament actually did with the film. Mm. Because I know that they opened their archives for them and they allowed Mm -hmm. them to film on the premises, Mm. which was one of the very few times they've allowed that. Because... (laughs) Obviously, the Houses of Parliament is a very busy place, and also it's starting to crumble because it's not being looked after very well. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you can sort of understand why they don't allow a lot of people to film there. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of their blessing to the film, saying, "Look, we're supporting this. This is an important piece of history." And I'm surprised they didn't ask for a more sympathetic look on the government. Mm-hmm. Like, just something about, oh, this is why we did this, rather than it being that taking back of the hope that mm-hmm. women had for the vote. So, and again, it's like uh, what we were discussing in Gunpowder. It's that taking away of hope that then spurs on the more radical people that they're like, we need to do violence to get our thing noticed. Especially, I think. One of the good things is that they bring the fact of they're not getting a lot of newspaper coverage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're only getting these small little things and they need to do something to get the front page because mm. that is the entirety of news at the time, apart mm. from fi- film reels in cinemas. Yes. Um, that is all the media. There's not even really radio at that time. Yeah, so, no, this is this is very early days. You know, cinema is only just starting to to, to to really take off, hence why we see the cameras and the footage and, and all the rest of it, because we we have that footage to date as sources, as historians. We, it's actually available to us. Um, so they have, they have to... I like the fact that they acknowledge that these are around and about. You know, I like the fact they acknowledge that cameras are in use for surveillance. Yes. It's you know, it's one of the first times they actually used cameras for surveillance. Yeah, but for a tw- it's it feels very apposite that a 2015 film is talking about cameras and surveillance. Yes, 
<laughs> you know that that makes that keep again it keeps the film feeling very current um in, in, in a very uh, very uh, useful and reflective way um but but as you say the uh, the most important thing is for is to under, first understand again just you know again modern parallels the the way the media could is was is was and is capable of minimizing or obscuring something that is much larger uh, and and happening on a greater scale yeah and then also they use the media the government used the media to their advantage by saying <laughs> putting all the photos of the women and saying these are suffragettes mm. which then obviously affects those people's everyday life yes and you see the fact of uh it's Watts, isn't it? Is the main character? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I am so bad with names. Don't yeah. worry, I know what you mean. It was, it was. The problem is we all know these faces so well, but because Maud Watts is a fictionalized character, it's harder to remember her name. Yeah, I mean, she does interact with like as many famous suffragettes as possible. So... Do you know what? Do you know what that reminds me of? That's very much the young Indiana Jones approach. Yeah. You know, that was very much the kind of, the way, it's also the Doctor Who approach this, this, this century. Mm. You know, it's this whole, look, we can tell you all about this piece of history by, uh, taking a fictional character and then dropping them in to meet the real people. The well, real. Yes, yes, yeah, the, you know, it's, it, it's how these things work. It, it, it's become the kind of familiar historical format for fictions. You know, we'll take a fictional character that you as a modern person can relate to and then we'll um, and have them... explaining to as well. Yes, and then we'll have them run around meeting the people that you, you we should really be making the film about. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, is that, is, that a bit, is that me being a bit um, mean towards the way these films work? I'm really glad that they took it from a working class perspective. That's, That's true. But I am surprised they did not just make a film about Emily Davidson. Yes. 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 Amazing. Did you know she hid in the uh, Houses of Parliament on the night of the census? So then her official address in the census was the Houses of Parliament. No. (laughs) She hid in a broom cupboard overnight. (laughs) Oh wow! They didn't include that, did they? Amazing. And okay. um, one of uh, the MPs has actually gone to that broom cupboard and took his own drill and his own money and put up a plaque to her. I was like, yes, go that, on! That's amazing. <laughs> and apparently he did it without permission, but no one has the balls to take it down. I'm like, yes. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. So, 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 so that begs a really interesting question then. So why do we th- why why not make a film about her? Again, I think it's that thing of by having someone being completely new to the movement, you're you can explain things slower if that makes sense. Like this is why we are doing this rather than someone like Emily Davidson who was involved from a very early period. Um, she was. That, um, on the documentary I watched, it was talking about the fact that she uh, most likely got radicalised when she was in university. Okay. So, to then, she was in a uh, governess, um, and then she got 
put in prison and she couldn't do any more jobs because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what made her then take more radical action. She was then force-fed, which then made her even more militant. And it was just sort of like... an um, Yeah, she's amazing. There is a reason that she is looked upon as a woman's hero. Because mm. even if she hadn't... Um, I don't want to say kill herself because it makes it sound like suicide, which I don't think it was. Mm. I think she knew the danger she was going into, but there was a possibility of surviving. Mm. She knew she was going to get hurt, at least, um, with the Derby and the King's Horse. Um, Because what they have now proven is that she was trying to wrap a scarf around the horse's neck so the king's horse would have ridden over the finish line with a votes for women sash on it. Mm. Um, sh- they have the footage of her getting hit by the horse is horrible. It's even though you can't <clears throat> the time that they show the footage most of the time, it's very blurry and you can't really see what's going on. You mm-hmm. can still feel that impact. And they've managed to digitize it and clean it up and seeing it clearly Mm -hmm. is even worse. But you can see she's holding something and you can see she dropped something. Mm -hmm. And they believe they've actually found that scarf Mm -hmm. because uh, the race course owner picked up a scarf from that day, handed it, apparently went to her funeral, the march, and wrapped his baby daughter in it. Okay. Which is, and then um, it got passed down to his daughter, and then it got put up for auction. And the reason that they believe so much that it is the scarf is because the jockey club were very, very interested in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they got outbid by a MP, so it now lives in the Houses of Parliament, which is very interesting. Just for a wow. Scarf. No, that's this. But this is again, you know, these are the things that are fascinating. You know, if you did a, if you did a, a, a biopic of 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 of, of Davison, you know, that that's like a, a a kind of end credits kind of thread you could run through. Yeah. You could, you you know, the way you know the way Spielberg at the end of Schindler's List interviews the real survivors. Yes. You know, you could do something like that with the scarf. Hmm. You know, the, the, there's all these opportunities. I I, I can understand. The choices that have been made with this film. Mm. I think maybe somebody needs to do a Davison miniseries now. Yes. Or, amazing. or an even, or a feature about Davison and a miniseries about the movement mm. as a whole. Something bigger, ensemble, you know. Um, I think it's interesting. There's some interesting connections that, that I'll just briefly touch on here according, according to IMDb trivia, which we know is hugely unreliable. Um, <laughs> But I will, uh, we, people can come back and tell us if this is rubbish or not. Um, Helena Bottom Carter is apparently the great great granddaughter of Prime Minister Asquith, who was in charge of the UK from 1908 to 1916 and staunchly opposed the suffrage movement. That makes sense. Yeah, so I imagine she quite, it lends an extra, um, uh, an extra, uh, frisson to her performance and her, cho- what she says and does. Um, Helen Pankhurst, the great-great-granddaughter of Emmeline Pankhurst, and her daughter Laura have small roles in the film. Yeah. Which I think is very, very cool. Um, 
Uh, oh yes, something that they said in the extras for the film, um, which I also thought was interesting, was that the pursuit of um, getting the trying to get the the mood and the 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 accuracy of the of what it felt like at the time uh, extended to Carrie Mulligan not washing her hair for weeks. Yes, which I thought was quite method of her to go down and, that road. Uh, some of the other uh, working class women. So, mm. and you can tell when she is starting to live in even worse poverty because mm. she is getting dirtier. Um, they the way that they said it in the extras and the fact of they didn't put on much makeup and it's like it sounded like a real sacrifice. I'm like, I don't wear makeup anyway. <laughs> yeah, no that point of no makeup is such a sacrifice for women. It's like. Okay. Not for some women, no, no exactly. Um, um, the last time I actually remember wearing proper makeup was my wedding day. Yeah, exactly. So. It's just not a thing for some people. Um, so I think, I think, uh, but again, that's the sort of thing that that the film more could be made of, hmm. as in terms of that class differences, you know. Um, but but I, there, there's a couple of things that I think the reviews, British reviews at the time, well, reviews generally at the time noted that I think are quite important. I think particularly in 2015, um, when it came out, it, it it has all the detail and depth of your traditional English period piece, but it has the anger and urgency that civil disobedience and uh, opposition to a government brings. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't feel, this is not a, it doesn't feel like it's shying away from any of the more shocking elements. Like you said, it's the greatest hits, but it, it still makes sure that everything's included. I mean, it's, for, for, for me, that makes it a perfect teaching tool. It's an ideal yeah. teaching tool. You can say to kids, that thing we read about, or the, there's the real source, and here's what it must have looked and felt like. But I also think that, um, the I think that's exactly the thing that makes it that you and I are discussing it, it reveals certain key weaknesses, but that doesn't stop the film being incredibly well made, yeah. very entertaining. I mean, quite frankly, riveting. As well. Yes, yes, emotionally involving. I will say there was there's a scene where because um, what is a mother? She has a I would say seven year old son, mm-hmm. eight year old that sort of age. Um, my own daughter is now six, um, and there is a scene where her child is adopted out because her husband can't cope anymore because he's trying to live by himself because he's thrown her out. And just the scene where she finds this out it made me want to go cuddle my own daughter, and that would have involved mm. waking her up. Um, mm, mm, <laughs> and it was mm. just kind of... Those sort of scenes are heart wrenching, anyway. But mm. I think I feel even more of a connection because I understand what she was, the sacrifice she made. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we need to remember that yes, Emily Davison lost her life, but women lost their livelihoods, they lost their families, they lost their mm-hmm. children, they lost their homes, they lost everything because of the pursuit for the vote. So it's important not to see Emily Davison as um, a messianic sacrifice. Yeah. 
a necessary sacrifice and 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 a brave one and 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 all the things that the film does show her to be but as you say we are given a fictional observational character who nevertheless is given more than enough historical depth and character depth for us to emotionally connect with her yeah and you see mm. how much she suffers for it mm. which i mm. think is the important thing because it's very mm. easy to show the middle class or the upper class reactions well not mm. reaction but the fact of you see um i think her name's alice the uh upper class mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. supporter and they take her to prison but she gets out straight away because her mm. husband comes and pays bail and she tells her husband to pay for the other women mm. and he refuses even though she's arguing that's my money mm. but it's still his decision whether or not it gets spent because any of her property is officially his and mm. you see that obviously there's some cost and sacrifice to her life because of it Mm-hmm. But not as much as working class women. They went from absolute poverty to unbelievable poverty for this cause. Mm. And yeah, I think that that is why they chose a working class woman, I think, in my opinion, because it showed how far these women went mm. and how important this cause was. As I said to you, because I was, um, we were talking on Messenger while I was watching it, and I, f- I think you started it like an hour before me, so I was. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. And um, I was just saying how <sighs> the film kind of made me feel ashamed because I am very, very ide- not idealistic, but I am very leftist. I believe in a lot of social causes. Um, I am very angry at how things have not changed. Um, I want things to change. And there is so much more I could do. But some of it is fright because of the fact of if I start going protesting and being really militant, there is a risk to my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we are supported by people who don't believe in my views that is even more the fact that I went to an EU protest and got called um, Taliban not Taliban, Mm. ISIS Mm. and that I was indoctrinating my daughter and Mm. stuff like that Mm. is kind of, you can understand why I get a little wary Mm -hmm. so most of my activism does come through Facebook which then feels quite hollow because I am just kind of shouting into an echo chamber still Mm-hmm. which yeah that's uh, one of the reasons um people probably don't know but i want to set up a tutoring business that's one of my dreams at the moment really based on leftist ideals as a way of combating what i think is ill with society at the moment and uh, i'm passionate about that but again you can understand why i'm scared so mm. yeah and the bravery and the sacrifice that these women made cannot ever be forgotten forgotten especially when you see the hunger strikes and the force feeding which is a horrific scene in its own right and 
I think especially because when you're taught about the suffragettes, you see so many images of the hand-drawn images of the force feeding and it kind of desensitizes you to it but Mm -hmm. actually seeing it on screen is a very different experience and also the fact that they went they put the uh hose straight down her nose rather Mm. than going through the mouth first which is the more Mm -hmm. horrific way Mm. uh women suffered afterwards with heart defects and Mm -hmm. Uh, sore throats and just because that they weren't allowing women to become martyrs that was mm. what mm. they were so afraid of mm. that if a woman died in prison that would sympathise everyone to their cause mm. uh, which is exactly what Gleason's character then goes and says yeah. to, to the politicians who are in charge of his investigation so, yeah because he's yes. writing on the wall of what's yes. happening because the <laughs> reason that they're hunger striking as well is because they're not being treated as political prisoners, they're being treated as prisoners. Mm-hmm. Yep, ordinary um, criminals. Yeah. They've which... committed criminal damage, that's how they get treated, yep. Yeah. When, yeah. technically, they should be political prisoners, because that's what well, they are. Well, I, I think, legally, I think there's that is an issue for debate, but again, they, they, they made a decision themselves as to how they themselves... Took char- as with a number of things, made the decision that this is how it would be, and 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 they would make sure people understood it. And I think that's important to recognise. Yeah. They ch- they 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 were not about to let the terms of the debate be dictated to them. No. Um, and that's important. So in the in the remaining minutes, we've got what kind of percentage do you want to give the film for historical content? Seventy-five. Yep, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. I'm almost tempted to go higher. Almost. Yeah, I was thinking eighty, eighty-five as well, and it was. Mm. It's. Should we agree on eighty? Yeah, I think the fact that he, how much they go for accuracy, I think, is so important to them. Mm. But mm. at the same time, it is a greatest hits. Mm. It is um, the tale of a um, woman that isn't real. So that does obviously take it down a percentage. But I think it's an incredibly important film. Yes. I think it's a film that needs to be shown to a lot of school children. Yep. Um, yep. Maybe this and Peterloo as well, because I think so many people don't understand how hard the struggle for the vote was. Yep. And then you see people not voting, and you're like, people died for your vote. Use yep. it. Yep. Which is Agreed. what I tell my husband every single time because he's like why are we doing this i'm like you can try me on this again i will do the entire speech again <laughs> yes but also it's this uh, this uh, the, the, while i also understand the, how people feel as the film makes very clear what happens when you are not represented yeah there is also the issue of people who feel not represented and have the vote and then don't <laughs> Yeah. Which is a whole other thing, because if you're choosing not to vote, you are then casting a vote in the favour of whoever then gains by not having you in the electoral process. Yep. So, but that's a whole other issue for another time. <laughs> uh, so, we agree on 80%. Yeah, um, the other thing I will say is that it does actually include quite a lot of women who are anti the vote, which I think was a very important thing to include, because... <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it can be, oh, it was all women against all men. And yeah, it wasn't that. 
No. Yeah. yeah. Especially because you've got that one woman shouting at, I think her name was Alice, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the fact of, we should have the vote. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. We wouldn't know now. what to do with it. We, we don't know what to do with it if we get it. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, I yeah. Think that's incredibly important. Yeah, no. It, it, in, in, it within the context, within the the, the the parameters the film sets itself, I think it actually includes a phenomenal amount of detail and points of view, mm. and and that is its success. Yeah. Its success is that within its own parameters, it chooses. It actually achieves a huge amount without sacrificing the entertainment content. Yeah, and I'm so glad they used actual footage from the funeral as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that was important. So, um, all right, great. So that's Suffragette, which we strongly recommend to any and all people people who to see it. Yeah. You can buy it on various Amazon Primes, and um, the disc versions for those of you who still like physical media, like myself, are reasonably and you are reasonably uh, priced. We need the physical. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, exactly. Um, you know, you can still get hold of it here and there. Um, uh, so that's that's you know, it's not hard to get hold of it. Find it, watch it, enjoy it, appreciate it, show it to the next generations. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, well, Jenna, where can people find you online if they want to talk to you further about this? Uh, they can find me at Nadesco Kitty on Twitter, and you can also find my writings on the Bunkerzilla blog. Uh, also, uh, I was recently on the Big Stomp again, uh, mm-hmm. talking about uh, the death of Catherine Johnson mm-hmm. and uh, the need for more representation of badass smart women. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic. Uh, people can find me at Hugh David across most social media. If you want to talk to me about work or anything work-related, uh, 4DA Consultancy at, on most social media or 4DA Publishing on Twitter if you want to talk to us about this podcast um, th- so well, there will be future episodes from us soon uh, look forward to other topics and ideas certainly if you want to listen to uh, season 1 which is about th- 13 episodes I think from last year uh, you can find that now on Mi- uh, Bunkerzilla's Mixcloud uh, also distributed through a number of different networks uh, oh, through geez. podcasts including <laughs> iTunes. Uh, so please give us a listen, give us a vote, leave a comment. Uh, as they say, like and review. Subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Oh, Sorry, there God. you go. <laughs> like and subscribe. There you go. Uh, but also, um, you can find Season 1 on the 4DA Publishing SoundCloud page as well. Yes. Or you will be able to soon, because I've uploaded it. I think it's still private. I need to make it public. But it is there now, ready to go. So, there you go, folks. Lots of places to find us and listen to us. Uh, tune in. Uh, if you're using bunkerzilla.co.uk uh, online radio system, then tune in uh, in two weeks' time for another episode. If you are listening to us via podcasting, then obviously just watch out for a new one and download it when you're ready. Uh, otherwise, uh, this has been Real History on Suffragette. I'm Hugh David, co-host and co-producer, and you are... Jenna, and I'm going to say deeds, not words. Ah, there we go. Deeds, not words. That's a fantastic way to end the episode. Thank you very much. Cheers, folks. Bye.